Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. All right, and welcome to Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other host, Donnie Cage. Mr. Cage, how is it going, sir? It is going great. It's a beautiful, sunny spring day in the Keystone State, so I am very happy. Aha, and I am actually broadcasting live from Panama City, Florida. And I tell you what, it is beautiful down here. The sun is out, the birds are chirping, and the dolphins are swimming. Aha. So if this is your first time listening to the show, folks, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us on. We're on 73 different audio platforms, including Apple iTunes, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has a podcast that he co-hosts with. Tell him about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, sir. We did just uh, revamp our YouTube channel. So the Uncaged Voice podcast I co-host along with Jigsaw, Jester, and Top Tier Rated. We talk about all things entertainment, news related. Some uh, some uh, topics uh, revolve around wrestling as well, but we also talk gaming, movies, all sorts of fun stuff. So check it out. Also, if you're into current news, or uh, updated events, or pretty cool interviews, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast, and today's episode that will be released later, I actually am conducting an interview with a full-blown left-wing liberal. So that should be very, very interesting, considering I'm a Christian conservative. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we always keep it fun. We keep it lighthearted on that show as well. If you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Now, this is season three, episode one of the Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. And we are excited to start this off. We're going to do things a little bit different. And uh, Mr. Cage, I'm going to give you the first two headlines, sir. Go for it. Thank you, Kentucky guy. So our first headline, Indy Hartwell relinquishes the WWE NXT Women's Championship. And so it begins again. During tonight's or earlier this week's WWE NXT broadcast, Indy Hartwell went out to the ring on crutches and with a walking boot. Hartwell announced that she would be vacating the title and a tournament will be held to crown a new champion. The tournament will start next week, and the finals will take place at the NXT Battleground event. Hartwell was met by Dexter Loomis, who showed up from under the ring so he could carry her to the back. 
After Hartwell left the ring, several of the women on the roster went out to the ring and a big brawl broke out to close the show. Hartwell is moving to the Raw roster and will start when she's cleared from the high ankle sprain she suffered last week. So, once again, we have a situation where an NXT competitor is called up to the main roster and immediately they have to relinquish their title. Uh, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about this because I feel like talent should be able to jump back and forth between NXT and the main roster. I actually think it would bring more of an audience into NXT if they actually did this with certain with certain wrestlers, both female and male. But they always want to immediately have champions relinquish their belts. And again, it could be she's doing this more because of her injury, more so than because of moving to Raw. But uh, you know, you know, I don't know. I always have mixed feelings whenever we have to have yet another relinquishing of a title and another tournament to crown a champion. Well, history shows that it's probably not due to the injury because Solo Sequoia had to give up his belt. And you still have the tag team champions who got drafted. They're giving up their belts on NXT. Here's what I, I kind of feel like you do, but I think that it should be a policy and a rule. It would make me watch NXT more, let's just be honest, if the titles on NXT meant more than just the NXT brand which means you can defend those titles on any given show, Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, and any superstar. They don't have to be a part of NXT, but if you defend it on the main roster and the main roster star wins that title, like Dolph Ziggler one time, they can go on to defend it on NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. Wouldn't that make you more interested in the NXT brand, uh, Mr. Cage? 100%, because I think we all could agree that ever since the revamp, I think it now was about two years ago, NXT is not quite what it used to be, and that's very unfortunate. I know, I mean, I know it's always been a developmental system, if you will, but it's also been a great showcase for talent that's well-known across the independent scene. Exactly, and they don't have the, the same star power as they did when you're talking about Johnny Gargano, uh, Clampa. Uh, you know, it was worth tuning into Cameron Grimes in a feud with L.A. Knight uh, over the million-dollar belt. You know, those are things that we wanted to see. I don't want to see Braun Breaker I, 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 or Carmella Hayes versus each other. I, I don't want to see it. I, I just don't have any they – don't, they don't have me sewed. Now, the one guy, and I always said – if he comes to the main roster from NXT, watch out. And he's coming to the main roster. He got drafted. He's actually the one guy who beat Gunther for the UK title after Gunther went on that historical run. And that's Drago. And this guy, this is a Russian, and he is just fantastic. It's a shame, a dirty shame, that he never won the NXT heavyweight title. He didn't win the, U, uh, the UK NXT title, of course, like I just mentioned. But this guy is champion material, and he is just fantastic. Hard nose. I cannot wait to see him on the main roster. I want to see him go against Shinsei Nakamura. That would be a match. Anyway, sir, you got the next headline. All right. Conor McGregor issues a threat to Paul Heyman. Yes, this is the same Conor McGregor from the UFC I'm talking about. 
He tweeted recently, I'm going to suplex Paul Heyman on site. During an interview with Ariel Helwani last month, Heyman had this to say about Conor McGregor's threat. I'm not a godfather, but I appreciate the fact that I'm old enough to be one. Number one, and I'm still thriving on top. I would like to see if Conor McGregor at 57 is still thriving at the very top of his entire industry. We'll see if he's even relevant at 57. We'll see if he even lives to 57 with his lifestyle now. Now, number two. Number three, it's not that he tweeted to me. I picked the fight with him. Let's be honest about this. He is a Roman Reigns wannabe. Did the Paul Heyman style, you know, title on each shoulder and, you know, gave a shout out to himself. Of course he did. You know, the ultimate self-promoter in Conor McGregor, you know, standing five feet, uh, five feet, nine inches tall, weighing 155 pounds. Uh, he's saying five foot four. So with that in mind, I said, look at Conor McGregor, a, a Roman Reigns wannabe. And of course, you know, he said, oh, be careful, Grandpa. I'll break your jaw in three places. My father, who was a pretty savvy street guy from the Bronx, you know, my father used to say, if you're going to hit somebody, you don't want to go up and go, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to come get you. You know what they do if they want to beat you up? They walk up to you and they hit you. So, and there's a little bit more detail here, but it's just kind of uh, more of the same. Um, for context, there was a Twitter exchange last month after the WWE UFC Endeavor deal was announced. Paul Heyman called Conor McGregor a Roman Reigns wannabe, and McGregor fired back by saying he would break Heyman's jaw in three places. Obviously, you know this is a work. These guys are just having a little bit of fun on Twitter, stirring the pot. I mean, would there be some amazing crossover potential here? Conor McGregor versus Roman Reigns, at least on paper? Sure, there would be. But I personally think that Conor McGregor would have about as much success in the wrestling world as he did in the boxing world, and that's uh, not a chance in hell, unfortunately, of uh, winning. Maybe he could put up a fight, but he would not. I have to go Roman Reigns here. Roman Reigns would definitely um, Superman punch and spear him through the ring. Right, and I agree. Conor McGregor, I thought he was retired from UFC. I, I, this guy, I mean, back in back in his in the day, yes, he was something to be reckoned with, but sometimes you got to give it up. You know, when you get to a certain age and in a certain place in your career. But I do think there needs to be some crossovers now that these two companies are combined. Got to give us something. Just, uh, I don't know who, don't care who, but some kind of crossovers, just a little bit, to just give us a taste of what could be. And I think that'll keep the fans more involved. All right, so let's get into uh, SmackDown results before we go any further. Let's see here. So I'm going to go over the first two uh, matches, and then we'll go from there. Uh, we had Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows uh, with AJ Styles by the by the ringside versus the Viking Raiders, Ivar and Eric. And for some reason, the Good Brothers won the match. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's keep uh, Ivar and Eric... Yeah, let's just uh, let's keep them on this losing streak. And here's another match I do not understand the outcome of. Can't explain it. You had the Street Profits versus Imperium. Imperium, who needs a push right now, who should be fighting for titles because they're that good, loses to the freaking Street Profits, the guys who have had chance over chance over chance for the titles. 
Bullcrap. That's all I got to say. Your thoughts on those two matches? There's no question that the Viking Raiders have have taken a deep dive in the WWE, unfortunately. And it's surprising because Triple H was a big fan of the Viking Raiders when they first debuted in NXT. They were the NXT champions, the War Raiders. Um, obviously, now they're the Viking Raiders. So it's a little confusing to see why they would lose again here. I mean, I know that the Good Brothers just came back to television as a part of the OC with a AJ Styles, but I mean, it's not like the Good Brothers are going to be challenging for the undisputed tag team titles anytime soon. I mean, or or maybe they are. I, I don't know what they have planned creatively, but yeah, this is just very, this is upsetting. I guess in the grand scheme, this loss doesn't mean a whole lot because the Viking Raiders are going to Raw. And similar to the next match, Imperium is also going to Raw. So this loss to the Street Profits, who are now on SmackDown, I guess isn't going to impact them too much in the grand scheme. But you got to ask yourself, did the right teams win and lose in this situation? And I, I, I would argue they probably did not. Here's the thing. Everybody beats the Good Brothers. Everybody beats them. Everybody beats the Street Profits. Everybody's beating them. So no matter which show you're on as a fan, and this is just your typical fan talking or trying to be in the mindset of a typical fan who watches both shows, well, wait, what? This, uh, the Viking Raiders just beat Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a non-title match? How's that possible? Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows just beat them not too long ago. You see what I mean? It's just, it takes away credibility, no matter which show. It's just, uh, it, it's stupid. I just don't understand the direction they're going in. Then we had Shinsei Nakamura, and he fought against Karrion Cross with Scarlett. Shinsei Nakamura won the match. Um, I can't say that I'm mad, even though I'm a Karrion Cross fan. I think Karrion Cross has not got the proper push since he's been brought back once again. But he did not look weak. He actually looked like he was going to win the match and shouldn't say pulled it out at the very end. So I can't say I'm too mad about the match. I don't know. Shouldn't say going, they're going to different brands also. So in the grand scheme of things, I guess it doesn't mean a whole lot. But I don't know. Karrion Cross should be in a U.S. intercontinental, some kind of title picture, in my opinion. And then we had Rey Mysterio and Zelina Vegas versus Dominique Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. And the winner, LWO. Why? Why? You had the Rhea Ripley, who's going to defend her title and win tonight on Backlash. Why, why take the loss for Judgment Day? You have Damian Priest, who's going to be Bad Bunny. They're going to have a strong night tonight. Why not build up more momentum going into it? I don't understand. I really don't understand the SmackDown at all. Your thoughts? Well, I think for the tag team match, they want to make Zelina look like she has a little bit of a chance against Rhea Ripley in her match at Backlash, which I'm sorry. Once again, Zelina Vega fans, um, she doesn't. Mammy's going to win this match. Rhea Ripley, she's on fire right now. She's going to win this match um, and retain her title. Um, so again... I, I think this is just to build a little bit of momentum for, for, for them, for Rey Mysterio and Zelina Vega. I think Judgment Day is going to get it right back. 
at Backlash with some victories. Again, hoping, hoping, and uh, and I think I, you and I both predicted Damian Priest would beat Bad Bunny at uh, the pay-per-view, so hopefully they'll do the right thing and book him to be the winner. Um, again, like you, I'm not too upset about the Karrion Cross shinsuke Nakamura match, even though I absolutely think that could have been a match that they could have put on Backlash, actually, instead of uh, having it be a throwaway match on SmackDown. Um, he didn't look weak, like we, but I feel like we always we say this week after week. Well, at least Karrion Cross didn't look weak. That's like saying your favorite baseball team. Well, well, they, they, they put up a good fight, but they but they they lost in the bottom of the ninth by the skin of their teeth. Well, a loss is a loss, regardless of how you look at it. Your losses still add up, and you start to lose credibility when, um, you know when you when you just rack up losses on TV, and it's unfortunate. Because I, like you, a Kentucky guy, I'm a big Karrion Cross fan. This guy deserves better. But again, losing to Shinsuke, it's not the worst thing in the world because he is he is a star as well. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if we say that about Karrion Cross. We do say that about athletes every week, like Finn Balor and that. But I don't know if we say it about Karrion Cross that much. But because uh, he doesn't like he didn't look strong when he lost against Rey Mysterio. I was very disappointed in that match. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I, I demand, we demand better as fans, right? You're going to bring these guys back. Why, why book them to not look like they were in NXT? If you don't want the guy in the main roster to be as dominant as he was in NXT, send him back to NXT. Let him, let him beat on uh, Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes and those guys for a while. I mean, come on. Okay, let me do a headline here. Roman Reigns will wrestle at WWE Night of Champions. Undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns is not scheduled for WWE Backlash today. But it looks like he will be appearing at some of the big PLE events throughout the spring and summer. As we noted earlier, Reigns is scheduled for the Money in the Bank show in London, along with names like Cody Rhodes. Uh, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, and others. That show is scheduled for July 1st and will take place at the O2 area in London, England. Reigns is also advertised for Night of Champions. That is set for May 22nd in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Other names advertised for that show are Rhea Ripley, uh, Belair, Intercontinental Champion Gunther, and United States Champion Austin Theories. Following the WWE draft, Reigns remains on SmackDown, but due to his limited schedule, he only appears on select TV shows and PLE events. Reigns is also on ads for SummerSlam in Detroit. At this point, we don't know who he will be facing for the upcoming events. As always, plans can and always do change. Okay, so that's a little insight to Reigns' schedule this year. Uh, we were told all year last year that he was uh, he was going to have a lighter schedule this year. So none of this is really surprising. The only thing surprising, I guess, is we, t- we were told that uh, he was going to lose the belts <laughs> and then have a lighter schedule. So that didn't happen, but it does look like the lighter schedule. And, of course, he's not made it any type of secret. He is working on his acting career in Hollywood. So, you know, more power to him. It is what it is. Go get yours while you can, is what I say. Go make that money as long as you're hot. When you're a hot commodity, because when you're not, 
it's hard to make money in the type of business they're in. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, none of this is surprising. Um, I figured that they were going to be saving the tribal chief for the big time PLE events and obviously money in the bank. It's going to be in London this year, which is, which is a big deal. The Saudi Arabia shows are always treated to be a major deal uh, by WWE and especially with this show crowning the new world heavyweight champion on raw. It's going to be a historic event. Um, and then SummerSlam is always, I mean, it's one of the big four pay-per-views, so it's always treated like a, a major deal. So no surprise at all as far as what uh, Roman Reigns will be up to this year. Now, and uh, the next headline, which is no surprise, is Mr. Flip-Flop himself does it again. AEW has changed plans for a roster split. There's been talk of AEW doing a roster split of sorts with the return of CM Punk and the idea to keep him away from those who don't like him or vice versa to the backstage drama leading to the incidents at All Out. AEW is reportedly building and introducing a roster split when their new Saturday night show, Collision, debuts next month on TNT. That will air as a two-hour program. AEW is reportedly premiering the episode with the return of Punk at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, on June 17th. As previously reported last week, Punk and FTR were originally slated to be used on Collision while the Elite and others would stay on Dynamite. In the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that the updated plan is for there to be less of a hard roster split. This is a mistake. Meltzer wrote, The updated plan, and this will possibly change a few times, is that there will be less of a hard roster split as previously told to people who do not know about it. The thought is that the split will not be hard at all with the, with the women as they don't believe there's enough star power to do a hard split. The plan is still for Punk to be the star of Collision most weeks, but he will be at Dynamite at times when needed. AEW plans to have those who have issues with Punk on Collision when Punk is at Dynamite avoid the issues until they can get it resolved. But that hasn't happened yet. It was added that, quote, all of this is still up in the air and being figured out in real time and nothing is final, but this could be how it ends up happening, end quote. So my two cents, really, really simple. Uh, you're going to bring a guy back who has an issue with half your locker room or the half your locker room has an issue with that guy and you're going to create a whole show and you're going to do a split, and you're not going to do a split, and when the guy's on one show, you just have those people that don't like him or he doesn't like on another show, get rid of the cancer. Get rid of the guy. Grow some balls. Okay? That's not how you run any type of business, Tony Khan. Wrestling, any type of business. It doesn't have to be a sports event. Anything that has teams, a call center, for God's sake. If you've got a cancer that half your team doesn't like, and you've got to keep them separated, that's no way to run a successful business. I'm sorry. That's all I've got to say about that. Your thoughts, sir? I, I'm definitely agree in agreement on that last point that you made, Kentucky guy. I have worked for companies, and I know people who have worked for companies, particularly people in uh, government jobs, where they've had employees who don't get along, so they have to make special accommodations. Well, when this person's in the office, this person can't be in the office. Or when this person works this shift, this person can't work that shift. This person can work from home. These No, 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 no. Everybody works under the same conditions if you want to work there. And that's just the way it should be. No one should be getting special treatment. 
Um, so, so in AEW, it shouldn't be, well, this guy makes the most money, draws the biggest ratings, so we give them special treatment. Well, yeah, if your name's Roman Reigns and you are contributing to the success of the company and you're the world champion, and we'll say, oh, we'll let you work a lighter schedule. But there's a difference. Roman Reigns is respected in the locker room. CM Punk is not respected in his locker room, at least not by most people. So now it's like, I thought they were going to do the roster split, which again, now they're apparently not doing a hard roster split. Huge mistake. This is the same mistake WCW made back in the day when they had Nitro and Thunder. They were supposed to split the rosters, and that never really happened. All of their major players were on both shows, and and people just got tired of seeing the same faces all the time. And that split was due to a couple of wrestlers not getting along either in WCW. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, there's a few of them. I remember when that first happened. Uh, but yeah, it, it does not work. And we're talking about one guy. One guy. And half your locker room. Really, you are going to... And you know what? I hate to say this. I hate to say this. But when w, when AEW starts losing enough superstars, and it looks like they're going to go out of business, you're not going to hear the Kentucky guy belly aching on it at all. You're going to hear me saying, I told you so. You sold your company out for one guy. How's it feel? All right, sir, you've got the, uh, I think you've got one more headline. You want to go ahead and hit that? Yes, I do. All right. The Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, signed WWE Nostalgia Contract. Thrasher has confirmed that he signed a deal, and also Chaz Warrington, who also goes by Mosh, is once again with WWE in an official capacity. The former WWE tag team broke into the wrestling business in 1994. I believe it was actually in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They were signed by WWE in 1996, and their original run lasted until, until 2000. While with WWE, they held the tag titles once, while Thrasher was also a one-time hardcore champion. In 2016, they returned for a short run on SmackDown as heels. The Headbangers worked the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Tournament losing to Heath Slater and Rhino in the first round. And later on, they lost to the Usos in a Survivor Series qualifying match before having their last match on the 900th episode of SmackDown. In a post on Twitter, Mosh announced that he had signed a nostalgia contract with the company. So, uh, you know, I guess these guys are good to have working behind the scenes, primarily uh, due to their experience in the wrestling business. I was always kind of indifferent to the headbangers. I mean, keep in mind, I was a teenager at the time when they first busted onto the scene. I thought they had kind of a cool theme song and an interesting look. I never thought they were an amazing tag team or revolutionary in any way. So, I mean, again, if they're mostly being brought on to help behind the scenes, I don't know, maybe as like producers or agents, occasional wrestlers that might put other teams over, then I don't have a major issue with that. Um, but again, I mean, I'm, I don't think this is any sort of earth-shattering news. Like, oh my god, these two guys who were once the tag team champions are back in WWE. Hooray! You know, uh, I remember when, I, when they first came onto the scene as well. And my thought then was, they're about two years behind. They were doing the punk rock, like, skater-type theme. But they, were, they weren't doing it when it was, <laughs> when it was still popular. It was, it was odd. It was like... Yeah, you're a little bit behind on your theme, so, yeah. 
Uh, you know, if they would have came out a, around when like uh, Raven did it, Raven did kind of sort of the same thing, at least the dress, uh, the same in a way. Then if they would came out at that time, yeah, it would made more sense. But I mean, they were OK. I mean, I take them or leave them, but I don't know what a nostalgia contract is. So it would be interesting to see what that does. Yeah, I've heard of Legends contract before, but I've never heard of Nostalgia contracts. I guess they're new, they're new ones WWE came up. But I do remember, um, this is just something that popped into my head, they had a really, really brief run in Ring of Honor a number of years ago. I, I think they wore masks to cover up their identities, but they were actually paired with Truth Martini, and I think they were the Guardians of Truth, if I remember correctly. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's That really was their name. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we get into Dynamite uh, results, let's go over. I do have another headline here. Triple H announces how a new world heavyweight champion will be crowned at WWE United Champions. At the WWE Backlash press conference in Puerto Rico, Triple H made an announcement. Two triple, triple threat matches have been announced for Monday Night Raw. The winners will wrestle later in the show. Hunter said that the same thing will happen on SmackDown, and the winners from both of the shows will go on to Night of Champions to be crowned a new World Heavyweight Champion. Okay, so I have a quick question. Quick question here uh, for everyone. If SmackDown athletes can compete in this tournament for the title, if they win the title, does that automatically jerk them from SmackDown to Raw? Because the title's supposed to be on the opposite show Roman Reigns is on. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. I think they made a mistake. Uh, as, uh, as was previously noted, Triple H stated that the title will be exclusive to Raw. The belt was created because of Roman Reigns' limited schedule that keeps him from defending the undisputed uh, Universal Champion more frequently. The participants of those matches for Raw and SmackDown have yet to be announced. So that will be, I'm sure we'll see that announcement to on Raw, on Raw on Monday. Sorry, for some reason I was thinking today was Monday. Uh, <laughs> I started to say tonight, but to know tonight is Backlash. So another tournament, I'm okay with that because WWE doesn't have them as much as AEW. Uh, I think this new title is needed. However, you just had a draft. Don't quite understand why you would have SmackDown participants who I, I I just don't get it. Don't get it. Sorry. And then you're going to jerk them back to Raw if they win the title. Yeah. Explain that one to me, Mr. Cage. Uh, I wish I could. <laughs> the title's supposed to be exclusive to the Raw brand, so that should mean only Raw superstars, in theory, should wrestle for it. Um, not SmackDown wrestlers, because they were drafted to SmackDown, obviously. Now, I guess if they wanted, they could throw a couple of free agents into the title mix to, to kind of to, to surprise people. I mean, it would be nice if they gave us a, a surprise like, you know, Randy Orton or somebody like that coming back from injury and he's entered into the World uh, Heavyweight title uh, tournament. I Again, I, I'm just throwing his name out there as an example, but... Um, or maybe have hey a last minute NXT roster call up or you know something like there's that. There's Bray but Wyatt. There's Bray Wyatt. 
I highly doubt that's going to happen, but <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You, Roman Reigns is supposed to be exclusive to SmackDown, as is his title. Therefore, SmackDown wrestlers should not be eligible for this tournament. And the guy that created the tournament and who made the announcement is the guy who picked all the draft picks. So he knows who's going to be. He already knew who's going to be in the tournament. So why draft him to SmackDown? <laughs> I mean, it's the guy. It's the guy who controlled it all. Yeah. This is one of those times where you just put your hands up, put your face in the palm of them, and shake your head. I don't know. All right, so let's get into the last part of the show. AEW Dynamite results. I'll go ahead and read a couple of them, and then we'll get your thoughts, sir. Uh, we have Sierra taking on Willow Nightingale and your winner. No big shock, Sierra. I think Willow Nightingale, I watched her on Ring of Honor, the new Ring of Honor, and I think that she needs to stay there because she fits in better there, and the names that she fought, she really did a very good job in the couple matches I watched her on Ring of Honor. I don't think she needs to be on AEW putting people over because I think she does have a future, a pretty good future, but I think it's on Ring of Honor. That's just my thoughts. Then we had Orange Cassidy teaming up with Adam Cole and Bandito and Roderick Strong. By the way, Orange Cassidy and Bandito just had a match last week, and now they're buddies and partners. I don't know. Anyways, they took on the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, you know, these stupid, the Angelo Parker and uh, Matt Menard, Big Daddy, whatever they call them, along with Jake Hager and Daniel Garcia. Of course, Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole, and Bandita are your winners, along with Roger Strong. The only thing I got out of this match was Roderick Strong looks great. Happy to see him in a wrestling ring again. Happy to see him doing backbreakers again. He looks great. And, uh, man, I really think he's going to be in a good place going forward in this company. Your thoughts on those two matches, sir? Yeah, again, it's always good to see um, Roderick Strong, the messiah of the backbreaker, delivering some backbreakers like his namesake uh, says. Um and, and I mean, and I mean, most of the guys on Adam Cole's team looked good in this match. I agree with you. I mean, last week, Orange Cassidy and Bandito had a match for the international championship. Later, later, they both came down to try to save Adam Cole, even though we've never, we haven't seen them interact with Adam Cole backstage in any segments, and yet they randomly came out to help him. But uh, obviously, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong have their have their history, and it's good to see them teaming up again. And I, I have to imagine that once. Kyle O'Reilly is healthy. He's going to reunite with those two guys as well, or so I've been. Or so I've read. Um, and then Willow Nightingale versus Soraya. No, no big surprise here at the uh, at, at uh, Soraya winning. Again, Willow looked good. Uh, she's she's an up and comer. Definitely has some potential. But I agree, the best place for her development is going to be Ring of Honor at this stage. And if you do a little bit of history checking. You'll find that Adam Cole has zero, zero history with Orange Cassidy. He does have history with Bandito from Ring of Honor a long, long time ago. However, that history is fighting against each other. <laughs> so why these two came to his aid is still up in the air to me. No idea. And then we had, and this this was kind of a, a big, like, there was a lot of people in this match, 
And the outcome made zero sense to me with all these people in this match. So we had the Luca, Lucha, uh, Lucha Brothers and El Hejo Del Vicio, whatever you call them, I don't know, versus Kip Saban, the Butcher and the Blade, versus the Dark Order, which is Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver, versus the Varsity Athletes, that's Ari Davari, Josh Woods, Tony Nese, versus the Acclaim, uh, Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, and Daddy Ass, versus QT Marshall, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Aaron uh, Solo. A lot of people in that match, your winners, It's a it was a battle royal, basically, is what it was. But your winners, the acclaim, with Billy Gunn winning, what? I don't get it at all. At all. Warlow had a squash match versus somebody named Logan Lurie. He retains his title, no problem. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Juice Robertson. Actually, Ricky Starks wins the match again versus Juice Robinson. I mean, yes, it shows that Jay White did come in at the end and, and all that good stuff, but what is going on with Juice Robinson putting, putting, uh, sorry about that, putting Ricky Starks over? What is the problem there? Anyways, I'll let you talk about those matches real quick before we get into the main event. Yeah, that uh, Battle Royal match was a... Was a real. I, I, uh, it was headache inducing. Just uh, having you name all of those people, uh, Kentucky guy. Um, I actually did pick the acclaim to win this match, not because they were my pick to win, but just because I figured that's what was going to happen. Um, so not a hundred percent shocked there. Um, Wardlow. I, I, see, I, I don't like when people who are title holders have squash matches. I I want to see title holders defend their titles against legitimate challengers. Where's what? What's Miro doing right now? Why? Why isn't he challenging for the T? He's a former TNT title holder. That would be that would be a solid match him against Wardlow. Um, so again, squash here. Wardlow. Wardlow wins. Wash wins. Repeat. Wash. Wash rinse. Repeat. And and you know then. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks. Uh, I like Ricky Starks. I mean, I I definitely think he's a great talent, but. So is Juice Robinson, and Ricky can't, and he can't just constantly put Ricky Starks over. He's got to pick up a win every now and then to be taken seriously himself. So uh, that, I don't know that that booking was was really strange. I would have expected Jay White to interfere in the match on Juice Robinson's behalf, and Juice Robinson would have picked up the victory, but that didn't happen. Well, here's the thing: Juice Robinson has held major titles, major titles. Ricky Starks, besides the FW title or whatever it was that he that uh that Hook now has, is the only title I'm ever aware of him holding in any promotion. So yeah, that you know I I don't get it. Anyways, let's talk about the main event. We had MJF and Sammy Guevara teaming against Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. If Sammy and MJF win. Then they will be a singles match at a double or nothing for the world heavyweight title. If Darby Allen and Jungle Boy win, it will be a four-way dance, the pillars match, which we all wanted to see. And guess what? We're all going to see it. The four-way dance will be happening at double or nothing 
for the AEW World Heavyweight title as Darby Allen and Jungle Boy are victorious. I, uh, of course, I didn't like the way the match ended because I'm an MJF fan, and now the odds are stacked against my guy, but I know he will come out victorious. So, your thoughts, sir, on the main event? Yeah, this was a uh, win-win for the audience because they get the four pillars match that we were all hoping for, um, especially dating back to when MJF referenced all three of these guys in a promo. So I'm glad we're going to get that. And, you know, yeah, the deck is the deck is stacked against MJF, but look, even I will admit, I did not expect him to beat the legendary American Dragon Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Ironman match. And he did. He beat him. He, he, he looked legit in beating him. So you can never just, you can never underestimate MJF. Let, let me just say that. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great match, but you cannot uh, underestimate the champ. Yeah. And I'm kind of uh, looking forward to that. I think that is all the headlines I actually have. Oh, I wanted to see something. When is double or nothing? You know? I forget if it's two weeks away because Backlash is this weekend, so possibly next weekend. Let's check it out. Because I heard that it was tomorrow, and I'm like, nah, that's not right. No, it wouldn't be the Sunday, same night as... Uh, Sunday, May 28th. Ah, uh, so we've got okay. a few weeks still. I just wanted to make sure because uh, that's going to be uh, a pretty good pay-per-view. I think FTR is going to... Rumors are that they're going to defend their titles on there. And, uh, you know, then we have that four-way match. I think it's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be uh, definitely uh, worth the watch. I know it's going to be on uh, Fight TV for those of you that are subscribed there. So, uh, But, yeah, sir, yep. uh, what else do you have for us on this beautiful Saturday? You know, you know Kentucky guy, I, I, I don't have a lot. I think just like you were saying before, I'm still... We know that Night of Champions is going to be a night of a lot of changes in WWE because it's, you're going to crown the new World Heavyweight Champion. And I know you and I have both said that Seth Rollins would probably be our top pick. But I guess my question for you would be, if not Seth Rollins, then who else do you go with? Who else do you have on Raw that could carry that title? If not Seth Rollins, well, I would... You know, that's a tough question because the other guy that I would, that comes off the tip of my tongue, he's currently a part of the tag team champions. And that's Kevin Owens. So if not Seth Rollins, it would have to be a Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley, right? That, that, that's who I would, that's the only two that I think would be worthy. LA Knight's not quite there yet. Bray Wyatt's not earned his, earned his dues this time back. So, yeah, I mean, I'd have to go with probably a free agent like Brock Lesnar or maybe Bobby Lashley. What about you? Yeah, uh, well, I, the only other person I, I, I could see them giving the belt to is, a for, is another former champion. However, however, word is, as of right now, he's going to let his contract expire. And I'm, of course, referring to, uh, to Drew McIntyre, your buddy. I thought, you know, what's, I thought his contract already expired, and then he was a part of the draft. So I don't know what's going on with him, but no, that's a huge mistake. Do not give that guy. No, 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 no. I don't even want to 
Think he doesn't even need to be in the tournament. I don't even want to hear that crap, man. No, I'd rather see Sheamus get it before that guy. And Sheamus is on SmackDown. <laughs> oh, you know what? I I tell you who would be, and I think they deserve it. Gunther. Gunther would be my choice besides Seth Rollins. Gunther. It's actually a good pick. Uh, of course, of course, my my first thought there is: Would he be a dual champion, or would he drop the Intercontinental title? You let him drop it else. You, you sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You let him drop it after he wins them both. I mean, that's just Got my it. thoughts. Now, don't get me wrong. The my first choice after Seth Rollins is Kevin Owens, but he's tag team champion right now, so he doesn't really need it, and he's not going to be part of the tournament being tag champion. He's going to be fighting. Defending those titles at that pay-per-view, I'm sure. Not a champions. All right, sir. Anything else? That is All right, it for folks. Me. And I know that this show is a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, we will have next Saturday, we'll have fantasy booking back and some other stuff going on. Uh, we just, uh, I had a hard stop today that I had to do because I've got that interview with that liberal on the other show. And uh, yeah, so it should be very interesting. But as always, we want to deeply thank you guys for tuning in uh, our 100th episode. The downloads that that one episode has gotten is truly amazing. It, it just, it shocks me. And we finally are, and we don't do this on every episode. We've been hitting around 70 downloads per episode. But guess what? 122 downloads so far on our 100th episode. And that's free. And that's because of you guys. And we definitely appreciate it. Like I always say, Donnie and myself, we wouldn't want to do this without you. We wouldn't do it without you. So you've been listening to Against the Mat, our wrestling podcast. With your hostess, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank <laughs> you.